This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to Live and Learn with me, Dashrin Johan, alongside me, Shrat Kutin. And we are continuing our coverage of GE15 and giving you some updates about the coalitions that will ultimately form the government today. So up next, we'll be hearing from Julia Jacobs, who spoke to Ki Hui, a constitutional lawyer for a legal perspective on all that has been happening since yesterday. Um, here's the conversation. Hi, Hui Yi. Thanks so much for joining me today. So, yes, a lot going on. Um, and I think, you know, in Pera, the Sultan went to the party with the most seats, right? So that's Brikata National and asked if they have the majority. They didn't. The Sultan then proceeded to ask the second biggest if they have the numbers. And they did so because they had negotiated with Barisan National. Why isn't it that or why can't this happen at the federal level? Hi, Julia. Thanks for having me. So I think... Uh, I think it's, it's uh, not very fair for us to say that uh, this is not happening yet because I think everything is still up in the air. Um, the YDPA has given has extended a deadline for the MPs to uh, give him a name. And I think uh, the move in Para, what the Sultan did, uh, was following the, I would say, the convention. So our system, the Westminster system, uh, it's similar to the UK and in a situation where we have a hung parliament, that, that is the convention, uh, right, To for the ruler to invite the leader of the party who has won most seats to form a government. Uh, this is because, uh, I mean, the party who has most seats is most likely to command the confidence. Yeah. So, which is why usually the convention is that the ruler will invite whoever has the most seats to form the government first. If they don't, then... Uh, the uh, like what the sultan did. Uh, the sultan invited the the other party to uh, show him that uh, they have command the confidence of the house. Okay, and we know that there is no explicit provision within the federal constitution which addresses the issue of whom the king should appoint as prime minister. Should there be a hung parliament? Uh, what convention then governs a hung parliament situation? Is it the Westminster one that you mentioned? Yes. So in the in the Constitution, uh, Article 43 2A only talks about um, the discretion of the Agong uh, to appoint a Perdana Menteri, Prime Minister, uh, who is in his judgment uh, likely to command the confidence of the majority of the members of the House. So it doesn't talk about, uh, you know, the hung parliament situation. So I think we are, because we are maturing democracy, I know everything is very, um, very up in the air, but I think it's also exciting to see how uh, this will develop. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, when Sheraton move happened, uh, we already seen, you know, uh, an acting prime minister at that time. It was people also sort of scrambling around to try to get our head around what was going to happen. And uh, I mean, it turned out to 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 be what happened. Uh, uh, Mahadi resigned and and those things. And today with uh, a situation hung parliament. And I think uh, that we, the, like I said, because our system mirrors the UK system, the British system. So uh, it is uh, more appropriate to follow um, the convention in the UK. Okay. All right. And so we know that there's a 2 p.m. deadline for today, right? Um, are we rushing this decision, uh, especially given how polarizing the situation is, right? I mean, other countries take up to two to three weeks to form a government sometimes, you know, should should the should the Agong be setting such deadlines in the first place? So I go back to the uh, constitution. 
you know, it is the Agong's discretion uh, to determine who who is most likely to command the confidence of the House uh, so that the Agong will appoint uh, this person, this MP as the Prime Minister. So setting a deadline, you know, for for the MPs to sort of sort themselves out, <laughs> I think um, it is, it is um, only fair to everybody, although I think the biggest concern is that um, you know, what about the economy and, and things like that. So uh, like you said, it's not an easy thing. And I think it is the first time we have had such such situation. But again, uh, it is more a political question rather than a legal question. Uh, it is in uh, the Agong can, uh, there's no uh, specified method uh, stated in the constitution how the Agong should determine who command the confidence. So you, that's why we, we have seen things like, you know, signing statutory declaration, uh, signing, I don't know, an agreement and things like that. We've heard so many things. Uh, so, you know, setting a deadline, I think that's in the uh, YDPA's discretion. Okay. And he has the right to do so. Okay, all right. And, um, you know, over in Sarawak, uh, Gabungan Party Sarawak, or GPS, recently said that in view of the, and I'm quoting here, political crisis in Peninsula Malaysia, uh, that they would leave it to the Agong's wisdom to appoint a prime minister that would lead a stable government. I mean, what does this mean exactly? You know, what can the Agong do? What powers does he have? Those sorts of things. I honestly don't know what they're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> the statement doesn't tell us very much. So uh. again, you know, it's it's. This, I, I'm going to repeat myself again. Uh, the Agong has to determine. The Agong has the discretion to decide who commands the majority of uh, confidence of the majority of the house. And you know, at, uh, we have seen a situation where I think in 2008 or uh, you know when. I think Shaidan Kasim or somebody in Perlis was denied to be the Menteri Besar by the Sultan. Okay. So, you know, uh, things like that, it's, it's all the discretion of um, the ruler. Uh, although uh, some might argue that it's not a personal discretion. Um, everything we have to follow what's in the constitution. Um, so, I, I don't know what GPS trying to say. Uh, whatever, uh, however, uh, Yang Dipatuan Agong wants to uh, exercise the power, he has to follow uh, what is said in the constitution. And of course, in a situation where it is not spelled out clearly, uh, we follow the convention. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, you mentioned earlier uh, statutory uh, declarations, right? SDs, right? Are SDs legitimate responses from the day one right yet to form a government? I think, you know, people are saying, if this is what it's down to, why did we even have to vote in the first place? We have to vote because, uh, you know, because, okay, so I think this is, um, I would differentiate this, the current scenario with what happened uh, previously, um, I think last year uh, and, and even uh, during, after Sheraton moved. At that time, we were urging uh, the, the speaker, the young people to sort of let this thing to be more transparent, let them vote for the House, let the MP um, express their views in the House uh, so that everybody can see uh, the rakyat is not kept in the dark. Mm. However, in this current situation, uh, we don't have a Taiwan rakyat, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we just had the election. Right. So I think uh, this is a bit different uh, from last time. Uh, whether or not uh, SD uh, is required, uh, again, the constitution doesn't say so. Uh, the constitution leaves it to the ruler to determine 
uh, how he wants to, uh, in whatever manner that he uh, thinks fit, reasonable to determine uh, who is commanding the uh, confidence. Uh, however, so uh, the ruler can so-called collect some evidence. I think uh, last year, uh, after Muhyiddin resigned, um, the Yang Dipertuan Agong invited the MPs for some interview. Yes, yes. So, you know, it doesn't have to be in SD. Although uh, in the Perak uh, uh, crisis back then, uh, the there was a court case and the court decided that, yes, SD can be uh, a form of so-called evidence for the ruler to determine uh, in, in this regard, yeah. Okay, all right. And, um, you know, Pakatan Harapan's uh, Anwar Ibrahim recently said that his government, if it comes to fruition, will neither be a Pakatan Harapan nor a Barisan national government, but a unity government. You know, as far as you know, what does a uni- uh, unity government actually mean? Yeah, again, this is a very new term <laughs> to our democracy. <laughs> uh, you know, in the past 60 over years, we only have one uh, a biggest ruling party and yeah. then we sort of uh, develop into two-party system and and today we are hearing terms like unity government. Again, uh, unity govern- government, this term is not defined in a constitution. As far as I understand, um, it means that um, I'll put it in this way, they are working together but also not working together. I think uh, at the policy levels, I, I think it will be similar to, you know, the MOU that they signed um, before the parliament was dissolved yeah. uh, on policy issues, certain policy issues, they have to agree um, uh, for the, uh, in the interest of the rakyat, obviously. Uh, and But again, they are not together. So I, I don't know how this will play out because uh, the prime minister then will have to um, advise the Agong on who should be appointed as ministers, uh, cabinet ministers. So I guess we just have to be patient and um, wait it out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks so much, Rui. Thank you. That was Ki Hui, a constitutional lawyer, speaking to Juliet Jacobs. That's all the time we have for this hour, but we'll be back after the 3pm news to hear from Afi Rosashri, political scientist of, uh, at University Tunku Abdul Rahman, on what's happening in Pera now that the chief minister and the exco has been sworn in. So keep it here on Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.